0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Passion and Purpose. I hope you've been tracking with us this week. Sean Jones and I have been having a blast. We've Hell had yeah. three podcasts together, but the joy is to add a new person today. Who is this woman sitting next to you, Sean Jones? This
1: amazing woman <laughs> is my wife, Shannon Jones yeah and due to the nature of the things that we're talking about i believe you invited her to make sure that i didn't get off on a tangent or to keep me on the straight and narrow as we did yes yes sir as as
0: always uh, uh, my wisdom is abounding in this moment and uh, not as always by the way uh but hey i uh, I did want to pull Shannon in because we're going to be talking about something really serious that affects all of our lives, and that is sexuality. And uh, of course, um, the the challenge for all of us is we've worked with kids for 30 plus years, all of us, and we got rescued and we want to rescue people. And Mm -hmm. I think all of us have been uh, disturbed by kind of the pain Mm -hmm. and the challenge Mm -hmm. and the confusion that's going on. So, hey, we're going to dive right in. Um and spend some time just talking about sexuality, sexual identity, what people are struggling with, Mm -hmm. what's going on. But maybe I want to just frame this before we even get started. Is that um, most of you guys listening know, and I know you guys uh, are clear with us on this, and that theologically for us, we we're what I call a Genesis one and two people that. God created us in the image of God. He created us male and female, uniquely male or uniquely female, biologically, relationally, emotionally. In so many ways, science can clarify you're born male or you're born female. And then we see in Genesis 2 where Adam and Eve come together, become one flesh, and that reinforces God's intention that marriage is between one man and one woman for life. Therefore, sexuality is to be expressed uh, male to female in the context of marriage and I say that on the front end not because we're going to have a big theological discussion about that but that's our fixed point point. Right. and our other fixed point is Genesis 3 everybody sins and falls short of the glory of God so once sin entered the world so then both our sexual desires preferences went right. in every direction yeah. our lack of clarity about who we are personally mm-hmm. whether it's male or female or who I am as an individual All that got messed up, and we believe that sin's the problem for everything that we're struggling with. So we're not overwhelmed by problems in the sense of, golly, I can't believe it's happening. We understand brokenness in all of our lives, but that's why we all need Jesus. That's why we all signed up to... Uh, call on the name of Jesus, be redeemed by Jesus, and then let him begin to work through us his intended desire, or what I like to say, get us back to Genesis 1 and yes. 2 again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know that's our framework. So I just wanted to say it to all of our listeners because when we start getting into talking about the journey of helping people, you got to know where our fixed point is. But man, is there ever grace for people's journey? We've received grace. We're extending grace, and we're inviting people into a grace-filled environment that also has a fixed point that we didn't fix. God fixed, and right. so we're all trying to get back to His original design. So, hey, with that, with that as a context, um, again, just uh, Shannon, why don't you start off and just tell us a little bit about your own background and um, you guys' uh, kind of experience with this whole issue of sexuality and helping kids. Just take us in the quick 30-year 30 thirty-year j- journey so that we can kind of get up to date and start talking in depth about what the needs are.
2: Sure. When I think back when I first started walking with youth um, in youth ministry, I just— Think about the difference between then and now, just the things that were uh, at their fingertips and the exposure that they had to things. It was just it's so much easier now. And um, I mean, I know in my own personal journey, I just had parents that walked with me and talked to me a lot about how to walk out this area of my life and. Um, to walk in sexual purity and it was um, maybe a little bit more of an awkward conversation in our house but it was something that I wanted it to be always the case that in walking with youth that they would feel free to talk about anything and um, man fast forward and through the years I feel like with phones and just the accessibility of things the the age that yes. youth are exposed um, to things, as well as the nature of what they're exposed to, has definitely, um, you know, changed over time, and therefore the struggles um, right. are more intense and happening at earlier ages you know now and so definitely a shift through the years right. for sure
0: so we were <clears throat> we were just talking about this you know it used to be because again what we've worked with young people for 30 mm-hmm. plus years as well 30 years ago if somebody was struggling with same-sex attraction it usually and this this was true statistically mm-hmm. as well 90 plus percent mm-hmm. were molested or uh, inappropriately touched or messed with as a young kid it er- it it awakened a sexuality mm-hmm. that then became a brokenness for right. them. There was usually some kind of abuse, molestation, or exposure that was unique. What we would fast forward to, and we would say, hey, there may be today. There was just exposure, period. So, our own flesh, our own uh, wherever we were in our journey, was we were exposed to stuff before its time, if you will, before God intended you to be knowledgeable of those things. Absolutely. And that exposure then creates appetite or curiosity Absolutely. That, that once you go there, you get trapped. Absolutely. And it's not that that's who you are, it's just that something was aroused before it should have been in, a, in a whatever setting. And that's a unique change isn't it that it's not always abuse related it could just be exposure related so what would you say about that, Sean about exposure that mm. kind of drives some of this
1: yeah because sometimes just the things that we we're exposed to the things the messaging uh, the things that we, are being spoken in now into youth's lives um, start feeding their curiosity right. yes and so when we think about people that man they were exposed and then they started going through this broken sexuality and belief system. Now we're exposed to so many different messages saying that this is okay, and that this is right on, and the human mind develops from when you are first born all the way to a mature adult with curiosity that always has to be trained of what is right and what is wrong and we look at scripture telling us how to admonish our children, how to raise people, how to bring them up and we could teach people that hey this is right, this is right, this is right in our heart and as God is speaking to us people even still, even non-believers as well as believers I see the struggle in them of going well I don't know for sure but okay if you're telling me Mm -hmm. because I still believe that God's put his law in in motion for us to cling to and it's these things are are clear at times for us to really see but the enemy comes in and the messaging of the world comes in and distorts it and we look at people that are so confused and Mm -hmm. struggling with this but as people keep saying that this is okay and this is fine and this is right it's even more destructive when they say, "Okay, well, if that's this is right now, that's who I am." Right. Instead of saying, "Well, I mean, fully who am I?" and and wrestling or resolving that there's something greater than just what I would believe and mm. bringing that in as my identity.
0: Right. Huge. Right. So 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 Shannon, pick up on that. So again, as believers in Jesus, as people who believe in the Word of God, as God designed and described how we should live, we believe that our identity is as a child of God or created right. in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Through our confession and submission to Jesus, we become a child of God, mm-hmm. a part of the family of God, and the uniqueness in which he created us, male and female, and the constraints that he would put mm-hmm. on us would be for our good. Absolutely. So we believe God only has our best in mind. He created us for a purpose, and those purposes are good and right and true. So that's our, that's our framework, and so, Take us a little more into the identity conversation as the main driver beyond just sexual appetites. So this isn't just about sexual appetites. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where the the power is there emotionally, but really it's about identity. So just unpack that for me.
2: Well, I mean, one of the things that we've seen more recently is just that someone who's trying to figure out who they are and are looking for which group am I going to be, which group of friends am I going to align with? And what are my interests and all these different things? There is um, there's this temptation to like. Identify in such a way where I can get people to rally around me. Mm. I can find a group of people who I can align myself with, and we're all in this together. And so it's, a, there's a kind of a, um, we hear bisexual being bisexual yes. more and more recently in middle school and in high school and the people who are around them are championing that you know championing them and it's something that everyone's like wow we're so proud of you for you know coming out and saying this and it becomes a place where they're getting positive affirmation and attention and so that really looks very different than even 10 years um, mm-hmm. ago and it's It's sitting down and saying, So help me understand why did you land on identifying yourself as bisexual or as, you know, lesbian or whatever it might be when I'm processing with girls. And, you know, again, like you said, it used to be it would go back to a negative experience, you know, with the opposite sex or um, a place of brokenness or pain. And now it's like, Well, I mean, this person said this, and I watched all these people kind of rally around them, and so I thought maybe I would try that. And so not even necessarily attraction, but more mm-hmm. where I can find my place and my belonging. Um, yeah, and or then, it's a
1: fad. It's it's. Kind of cool, mm. yes. or I can get into the spotlight, or man, I get patted on the back mm-hmm. and uh, affirmation mm-hmm. through identifying this way.
2: And so, yeah, then going back and unpacking, finding you know their identity as a child of God, and not being identified, not finding their identity in anything external, mm. but internal. And so, we've been actually talking about that a lot. So,
0: mm. mm-hmm. yeah. so okay, so. We talked about identity and again therein lies really the struggle in our culture mm-hmm. right now, right? Mm-hmm. I identify as a particular kind of person, whatever it might be, and the big thing in our culture today is you have to affirm me because that's how I identify. Right. Right? Versus what does God say about you? Let me affirm that. And what you say about yourself that's not God's design, I wanna challenge that for your good. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So how how do we how do we reaffirm uh, a person holistically while trying to break them out of what we believe is behavior that's going to hurt them or going to destroy them or confuse them? How do we how do we love the person while we're trying to get rid of the sin? And it truly is. Sin is yeah. missing the mark of God, right. whatever sexual. It could be heterosexual, bisexual, sure. homosexual, les- whatever the expression of your behavior outside of the context of God, that's called sin, right? right. And right. so how do we separate out the sin while still loving people as they're kind of going through this process?
1: Yeah, you know it's uh, about four years ago in preaching a message. I said, you know, um, there, you know, there are two genders. And as I said that in talking about how to actually relate to the opposite sex, uh, a girl just yelped and said, "What?" You know, and I'm like, "Oh no, I think I I, I, wow. I stepped on somebody's toes mm. here." And um, and after the the youth service we got to have a conversation and, and I got to hear her and hear what she thought mm-hmm. and then I just lovingly pointed her to scripture and then started contending for a relationship. Mm-hmm. It was a girl that I met for the first time and uh, we started speaking more and just loving her, hearing her heart, hearing her story, mm-hmm. um, getting her more involved uh, but not stiff arming her. Uh, but just drawing her more into community and and dialoguing and, and hearing what she believed and and I started praying for her and, uh, and and caring for her and circling back around to that moment when she had had just a adverse reaction to what I had said and it just took you know a few months of just talking with her and being with her that she, the scriptures started really softening her heart and the Lord started moving. And she said, uh, "Yeah, I, I really believe." As I circled back around, she's like, "Ah, you we don't have to talk that much anymore. Scripture's clear." Mm. Um, wow. And uh, and so you know, in that moment, uh, it was just knowing that I need to love someone mm. and let the Holy Spirit mm. be at work, but to have these conversations. And throughout the years, we've had a number of youth that you know can They've come out of the closet, so to speak, and sharing and wondering if we were going to accept them still, mm-hmm. and if they were going to get to be a part of the youth group still. Mm-hmm. And uh, one young man, as we were uh, doing youth ministry in Austin, his junior year, he was brand new to our youth group in his junior year, um, as the years kicked off, he was just struggling with this and uh, for years, and he just shared with me, you know, he said, I'm a homosexual. and uh, and I said, Oh, so that's what you believe that you are? And he said, Yeah. And I said, I believe that you're, you, if you desire that you're a child of God, I mm-hmm. don't think that that is your identity. And he's, he looked at me and he's like, No, that's what I identify. And it's like, OK. Um, but walked with him. Through his junior year and his senior year, and he was always marvelled and told his other um, friends who declared that they were homosexual. He, they said, "Man, you've got to come to this group. Mm. They just accept you. F- you're right, right where you are." Mm. And and we really did. And um, but just we continued just to share and you know truth. And when I would do teachings and just. Diff- just different things in reading scripture mm-hmm. and I knew that it was going to actually be an opposing viewpoint of his, I would meet with him right before the youth service and say, hey, this is That's what I'm great. gonna be covering. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's not to like, like cause any quarrels or fights, but it's right here in scripture. Of what God says about this and just to let you know, I love you, we love you, mm-hmm. and this is but this is what we believe. Mm. And he so thanked me and we continue just walking together and mm-hmm. to this day, we still communicate, mm-hmm. but in his heart he's still on that journey and he's still sure. wrestling. Right. But I love him. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and I think that's mm-hmm. our job that it's not my job to try and change him. It's the Holy Spirit is the one that will reveal to him mm-hmm. and and bring his truth into his heart.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say that it's the whole thing of you know do I am I just concerned about this one area mm-hmm. that is that I'm obsessing about that and I right. am only talking about that or am I going to love you and care for you and get mm-hmm. into your world and get mm-hmm. into your life and care about mm-hmm. you and speak truth in every area of mm-hmm. your life you mm-hmm. know, that comes up because I love you enough to do that. And yeah, we've seen many girls and many guys walk um, in wholeness and healing and freedom out of just relationship and pointing them to truth and continuing to talk to them about who they are, who God is, how Mm -hmm. he sees them, and then being just practically loving them.
1: Yeah, and there's some places where it's a, a thing where people are, hey, identifying and saying, look, I wanna go after this because this is what pop culture is saying. For this particular young man, and just counseling with them, praying with them, asking the Lord to reveal different things, and literally in a prayer session with him, he he just jerked and opened his eyes and said, my stepbrother molested me. Right. And it was like this light came on, I'm like, what, what do you mean? And he's like, I can see it clearly. Mm-hmm. And then he just started sharing things. He's like, I, I feel like it's always been there but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it and hearing it and experiencing it again for the very first time and he started going on this journey of the amount of times that his stepbrother uh, sexually molested him and then shared how he never stopped it so he was complicit and he said so I guess that's just who I am yeah I wanted it and oh, it makes you hate the devil doesn't it? oh, oh
0: my goodness yeah. Well, so, so, so man, we're, we're getting into a lot of deep waters here, and, th- and that's what we want to do, right? Because we want to rescue people, help people. Um, you had, Shannon, we had been talking a, a little bit earlier, and you had talked about Jackie Hill Perry, mm-hmm. who I think we really would point people that way Absolutely. as another resource, yeah. her teachings, her books, a woman that came out of lesbianism. But she, she helped, she's helping all of us, right, learn how to uh, care for people. Relay what her perception was on homosexuality versus the other issues. Uh,
2: she was uh, talking, she was sharing in one of her teachings or testimonies basically about how that when she was in her most broken state and struggling with, you know, alcohol and stealing and uh, just looking for, just looking to, mm-hmm. um, looking for coping or, mm-hmm. uh, looking to coping mechanisms. Um, she was. She was just talking about how the people that were believers who came toward her just wanted to hyper focus on her struggle with on on her sexuality. sexuality, right? Yeah, right. and her sexual identity, and she was just like, "What was an eye opening thing for her was when she realized, man, I am so broken in." All of these ways, and in all of these ways, right. I need a savior, and I cannot navigate this on my own, and this mm-hmm. is beyond me. And that, as she recognized that, and God started helping her in, you know, all these ways, her sexual identity became one of those places right. that He, you know, realigned and that He healed. And so I just thought that that was pretty powerful coming from her journey of being like, mm-hmm. man, don't don't just make that the sole issue with someone. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, you know, so so what what we're talking about it, and again, we're we're just kind of wading in there. We're going to do another podcast to follow up, but we're talking about uh, God. Uh, creates people, knows people, loves people, Mm -hmm. and to be a part of the healing journey, we gotta know their story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And instead of Mm -hmm. just going after the expression of that, whether it's sexual or alcoholism or some other addiction or some kind of funky behavior, we gotta hear the story, just like we talked about, Sean, your friends, or different friends we've all had, once we know the story, then God can begin to unpack the places of need and healing. Just one other point that I want to make the observation I know I know we've talked about this so you'll agree with this is that when a kid is twelve years old, they have not landed right. in who they are. I don't right. know if you've noticed that right. <laughs> I didn't know who I was at twelve years old <laughs> no. uh, But the culture is pushing yes. for them yeah. to identify right. with a sexual Uniqueness or preference, right? At seven years old, and that's what's heartbreaking to me. If there's anything, I mean, no. we're all older, mm-hmm. and right. we we've right. we we're going to love Jesus and honor God. I mean, we, we've decided how we're going to live our lives, right? So right. now it's all about rescuing another generation and our own kids and their friends right. and all that. And so, in the end. Um, that is such grieving to me that we are making kids identify. So when people say it's unloving to be clear about sexuality or about male and female, that's unloving because they feel this way or that way. I think it's unloving to do the exact I think it is so unloving yeah. to demand that a kid identify themselves sexually as a person mm-hmm. right. in their maturation process. Yeah. It's just stunning yeah. that we would somehow think that's okay.
1: Yeah, I have, we have a friend in Austin that has a, uh, works at a childcare center, and, and she had this mom walk in with her little son uh, wearing a dress, and he was wearing a dress, and she was explaining, well, she's letting him decide who he is.
0: At four years old. At four,
1: four years old, no. five years old. And, and it's, no, um, we are parents. We right. instruct. She was so caught up in the culture yep. and this pop culture and like, this is a cool thing. And there were other parents going, yes, that's awesome. That's great. Right. I'm thinking, no. And she said, in her, she was screaming, no, no. Raise your child up in the way that they should go. Right. It's so clear. Who he is. Right. And, uh, but she's just had to just take it in and then started working to just hear the heart of this little boy, you know.
0: Well, hey, I'm, I'm stirred emotionally to tears mm-hmm. because of God's heart for that little boy. Yeah. And to think about mm-hmm. um, this is not just a cultural dialogue, this is people's lives yeah. made in the image of God. And uh, my, my hope and prayer. Is that people hear, our, hear God's heart, yes. not just yes. our heart? Yes. Um, and um, as we prayed before we started this podcast, and we'll continue on uh, with the next podcast to pick this up, is that God rescue somebody mm-hmm. today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. affirm a parent, mm-hmm. let a kid know that they're not finished yeah. with who they are, give some people hope, and um, let us not be moved by the culture, but moved by God. We pray that. In the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. amen. 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 Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.